Hey everybody, it's Rev DDT here and we're back for another broadcast. <laughs> so I was kicking back here and I was thinking about just different time periods in my life where um, I, I would draw, you know, I draw close to God. I always get up every day and draw close to God. I just talk to him, start drawing close to him, press in, find out if there's anything he wants me to do for the day. Is there an assignment? Hey, is there an assignment? You want me to go on a mission or something? Dad, man, come on, give me something to do, man. And end up having like conversation all day with him and stuff, and it's really cool. And you know, it's undisturbed. I can sit here all day long, and um, nobody would disturb me if I want to turn my phone off. I can turn that off too, and sometimes I do, especially when I do my podcast, which I haven't turned it off for this one in particular one. So we'll see how that goes. Maybe somebody will not call me or text me or something, and it will be cool. And we'll just go through this whole thing. Woohoo! Without any interruptions, but here we go. So kick it back. I'm thinking about different times when. I really needed to hear, like, God to talk to me. I really need to hear your voice, man. I need to hear you. I mean, I got to have an answer. I need to an answer on this situation I'm dealing with, you know. And um, so, um, and the different ways God would talk to me and, and the different ways that God talks to me. And so, I guess this broadcast is about the voice of God. It's hearing the voice of God. Ah, so many ways God talks, man. Even in the Old Testament, he talked through a donkey, man, to this one dude. You know, this one prophet that was hired to prophesy. He was a he was a prophet of God. It says he was a prophet of God. His name was Balaam, if I believe, right? And uh, that guy, like, his donkey, like, God, like, he <laughs> used a donkey to rebuke him, man. You know, God opened the mouth of an animal. But, you know, I read in the book of Jasher when I was reading um, and doing my studies and research, and it was deep into research, and I read in the book of Jasher that... And I think if I remember, I read it in a book of Enoch too, but it was, it was the way it was worded was like almost cryptic. And I had to, I had to read it a few times before I understood and realized what he was talking about. But all of the primal dust of the earth all spoke with one language. That means all the animals and all the humans all spoke one language. You know, that was before the flood, actually, even up to the flood. Um, during the flood in the book of Jasher, it says in the, during the flood that um, all of the animals and even Noah and his family all cried out on the 40th day, 40, 40th day, 40th night, you know, the rain cried out for the freaking rain to stop, man, all with one voice. That one, Wah! you know, you can imagine what it sounded like, Wah! all the animals were going, Wah! you know, and <laughs> all with one voice, you know, and I bet it was pretty loud. And then the rain stopped and then it kind of went, there's a, you know, we, in the Bible, it only has like a little bit of the story, each story, right? It only gives you a little bit. It doesn't give you day by day everything that happened, everything they thought, everything they went through, everything they went through up to things. You know, like Noah building the ark. It took you a couple hundred years, it says in the Bible, in the scriptures to build the ark. Okay, so a couple hundred years doing this all stuff by hand, right? And this is how long it took him to build the ark. Now, check this out. Check this out. It doesn't give you every single day for those 200 days, right? Well, there's a lot of backstories and stuff that... Are, are, are summed up in some of these other books that the Jewish people have that um, they read, they know, and they understand these stories and they're part of their history and they're part of their, their life and they're, part, and they're really awesome stories, man. They're amazing, man. But um, here's the thing. It's not mythology. It's not mythology. These people were real. These things happened. They took place. And there's a lot of people on this planet that want to snuff that, that, that knowledge out. Why, well, why that particular one? Why pick on that one? Why don't you just pick on some other knowledge, you know, snuff that out? Because it's truth, and truth is always going to be snuffed out by, by an enemy. There's always going to be darkness. It's going to try to cloud the, uh, the, the, take the light out of men, you know. I mean, we're born with the light. We're created with the light. 
that light that's in us is Jesus. It says so. It says straight up in the, in the scriptures. It says that. It says that He's the light that's in us. As we come into the world, it says that right there in the first part of the Gospel of John. And um, you know, and and so you, you know, you, you you're going through life here now in our age, right? Yeah, you know? it's different than it was way back then. You know, oh, the animals don't talk, but yet they do. You know, I mean, my cat meows at me. It tells me when it wants to go in the door. It talks to me, jumps up. It comes in the house and says, hi. And, and I say hi to it. It says hi to me back. And we say hi to each other. We say, you know, I'll ask her what she wants to do. You want to go in the house? Yes. You know, she says yes. She says yeah, even. She, it's, it's a trip how she talks, man. And dogs do the same thing, you know, other animals too, you know, and, and stuff. But, you know, pretty much they just say they have their own way of doing it, but it's in their own their own fashion, right? They're in cat language, humans are human language, you know, elephants are elephant language, and dogs are dog language, and, you know, and all that stuff, right? It's all kind of like in our own little space. But, and so it doesn't really show us in a space of connection and unity and, and oneness, but we really are in that place. In, 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 uh, physically, we may not be there. Emotionally, we may not be there. We may not even be there like soul, spirit, but we actually are. We just are robbed, have been robbed in our minds and our hearts and our souls to, um, to believe that we, we're not one, you know. And then so we misunderstand things. We, we do that with humans all the time, you know, and, and it's, 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 it's a trip. Um, you know, trying to find common ground. And we don't want war. We want peace, right? Peace, and you thrive in peace and war and death and destruction and everything's going bye-bye, right? So, you know, I'm sitting there thinking about life and I'm going through life and I'm going through struggles and things and I'm asking God for help, you know, and, and I've been doing this for years and so I, I, I keep on it. But I, what I do is I go, I go, Father, man, I need some really help. I don't understand what's going on here. I really need some clarity on this and some understanding, some wisdom, man. Thank you for your wisdom, Father. I know you're going to give me wisdom. I know you will. You always do. And then I just keep talking to him about it. And I talk to him about it for a while and then I drop it. And once I drop it, it's like, it just comes to me, you know, and sometimes it'll come to me like overnight after I dropped it. But it's when I drop it, when I let it go, that I get the answers. And I, and I talk to people about this a lot, man. Letting go of the past, letting go of the hurts, letting go of the anger, letting go of the toxicity, letting go of toxic, toxic people, letting go of toxic situations. You know, you change your playground, you change your friends, and you'll change your life. And that's actually the truth, and that's actually a little principle that's uh, taught with uh, cognitive self-change. And I know because I, I took thinking nerves classes and took some cognitive self-change classes, took some uh, anger management classes. I took a whole bunch of classes that would uh, benefit me and benefit people that I come into contact with in everyday life because I do minister in everyday life, although COVID has kind of calls that down a little bit, but I still do. And I go and I lay hands on the sick and stuff like that. And I do other things too. I could do Reiki too, as well as, as, um, you know, I'll reset you. I can reset your, 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 I can retune you, reset you. So your tune is right. Um, it resets everything. And, uh, ladies, it does. It resets everything, everything. And I'm not kidding you. <laughs> when I mean, when I say that, everything. It's just the way God just wired me that way. You know, this is how it goes, man. And, um, you know, I'm an artist, so I've got, you know, I, I like to create, stay on the creative side of things. I love, I'm an abstract artist, so I really like to stay on the really strange creative side of things. But I also like life that way, too, right? You know, I like some really cool, I like cool things, you know? I like, I'm like everybody else, I love cool things, you know? I love dig cool things, you know? And, um, 
And so I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know, I, 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 there's things in my life that could change that could be better. You know, I'm like, how do I fix this? How do I get to from point A to point B? I've got a goal, right? How do I get there? And I'm talking to God about it. And I'm asking him the questions, you know, and sometimes I'll have prayer partners. You know, I'll ask people, you know, there for a while I did. And then um, both me and my prayer partner, I guess, grew up because we don't use prayer partners that much anymore. And we still do every once in a while, but very rarely. It's a very rare thing. And the reason why is, is because um, we both are at the same place in this understanding because we grow at the same rate. So I understand. I know this is where he's at, too. And, but it's, it's the aspect of, 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 of just relying on just the Lord himself, only the Lord, only the Lord, only my relationship with God, not my relationship with people, not the influence I have with people that they have with me, but with God himself. And that's it. You know, relying completely on God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all your ways. He'll direct your path. Proverbs 3, 5, 6. Okay, 3, 5, 6. Now, check this out, man. That whole thing points everything. Everything, everything that's saying right there, it points you to away from yourself, away from your ego, away from our understanding, away from our way of doing things, away from human way of doing things, and completely relying upon God in every one of those junctures right there. It's like all three of those, bam, points right to God. Points away from a human, points right to God. But where is God at? I mean, is God like sitting, sitting outside here in a you know chair right outside of my body, somewhere in, a, in space between me and whatever is between me and the walls or something, or you know, or there's, maybe there's no walls where He is, so there is where I am. But maybe because you know, maybe sitting on top of the walls. I don't know. Maybe he's on the top of the house. Is He under the house? Is He where's He at? You know, I mean, can't see this God. Who, who you know how? And that's where the faith comes in, and that's where you have to actually have the faith. To actually believe there is a God. You have to first believe there's a God before you can actually even believe that he'll even reward you for anything. And it's straight up. Jesus said that. Straight up, man. I mean, that's his words, man. I kind of paraphrase it. Let's see what he said. What did he say exactly? He said this. He says, he says, uh, oh, I said a lot of things, man. But he says, you must first, you, first you have to believe there's a God, you know, and then you have to believe he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Okay, so there's, there's, a, there's a process right there. Okay, we call it, and Christians will call it discipleship, or we'll, be call it, we'll call it becoming a student of God, or we'll call it uh, becoming an intense follower of Christ, or something like that, right? And it really, all those things are, are the definition of that. But, but it's, it's even more so that you've just put it in here, committed it in your heart. Okay, this is this, this Old Testament prophet, man, and he said he's going to set his face like a flint to, to the Lord. He's going to set his face like a flint to the Lord. He's going to sit like a flint like a, or an iron mountain, you know. But he said use the word flint, though. I'm going to set my face like a flint to the Lord. And, and I'm going to ask him a question. I'm going to set my face like a flint to see if he'll answer me, you know. And, and, and that meant that he wasn't going to turn away until the Lord answered him. He's going to just like, boom, I'm a rock. you got to answer me now. I'm not going to stay out of you. I'm going to be in your face all the time. Everywhere you move, I'm going to be right in your face. Come on, answer me, answer me, answer me, answer me. And that's where I get that. That tenacity and that boldness to just go, come on, Lord, give me the answer. Come on, come on, come on, come on. You can tell me this. You can tell me this. I know, I know, I know you know what this means. I know you do. I totally know you do. Come on, come on, tell me. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Tell me, please, 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 please. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Tell me. Come on, please, come on, come on, come on, come on. Tell me. You got to tell me. We're friends. You have to tell me. We're friends. Yeah, tell me everything. I mean, you always tell me. You always tell me everything anyway. What am I dealing? What am I worried about? You're gonna tell me. I know you will. I know you. <laughs> I know you really will. You can tell me like when I'm tying my shoe tomorrow or something. I'll be bent over tying my shoe, not thinking about anything. I'll do it all the time. Dang. <laughs> oh, Lord, you're a trip, man. 
<laughs> you hit me when I'm going to the bathroom or something. I'm like, oh, oh, what, really? Oh, oh, nothing right on. No, no. Oh, Lord, get me when I'm in the shower. I'm standing there singing, singing songs to you. Oh, Lord, I love you. Thank you for this day. Oh, what was that? You said, what? Oh, my Lord, you did not. Wow, that's how that works. Oh, cool. Oh. <laughs> you know, run out of the shower real quick and write shit down for about a half hour. You're writing like you're typing like you're... You don't have your phone on or your computer's on yet, so you just grab a pen and paper and just start writing. Einstein's theory relatively all done in mathematics on a little piece of paper in front of you. You're like going, oh, what the hell? <laughs> Something like that. Actually, that actually happened once, and I lost it. I was uh, um, in my 20s, and I actually lost it. One of my friends looked at it, and it was a mathematician. He goes, uh, dude, you just wrote down the theory of relativity in mathematics. And I go, um, I'm not a mathematic guy. Math's not my dude. And he goes, dude, no, you just, he goes, you fell into a trance. He goes, you were making some weird sounds, and you started writing. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I remember that. But he goes, you remember what you said? And I go, no. But, um, yeah, and then I lost it. It was on a piece of paper. Lost it a long time ago. Oh, years back when moving around too much, right? Yeah, just you have moments of brilliance that kind of happen to everybody. They happen all the time. You know, there's, like, moments of strength, too. Like, you have these moments, we have these moments of super powerful strength, you know, that come, and, and they'll just, like, just show up, you know, when we need it the most, right? When we need it the most. Sometimes you need answers from God the most, and sometimes you're, like, just like asking him, asking him, asking him, but you're not seeing the answer. It's right in front of you. And most of the time, all the answers are, or the, or the, it's not really necessarily right in front of us as much as it's right within us. You know, we find the answers within us. We're like, you hear, hear the voice within, and then you see, and you see what to do and where to go. But the voice, but the answer comes, it's inside. It's not outside of you. It's inside. You might come from a sign that's outside, but that's the, anything that's outside of you is going to be a sign to the answer that's actually you're searching for, which is on the inside of you. And that's what a lot of people don't look to see. They don't look there first. And that's what it means to acknowledge God in all your ways, and he'll direct your path, is to look inside first. Jesus talked about that when he said, go into your closet and pray. The Father will reward you out in the open. He'll reward you. He'll, you whatever you do in secret, he'll reward you in the open. And guess what happens in the open when you go in your closet and pray? Have fellowship on the inside with God. Just like sit and dwell with God and just get all delighted about God on the inside and get all tickled about God and just sit there and have fellowship. And do that for days on end where nobody's, nobody's bothering you. I just sit there and been doing this for years. I was taught that through the Pentecostal church, you know, practice the presence of God. And I understood that when they said it. I was like, I'm not dumb. I got, I got a good mind, right? And I understood that. But I was like, how do you actually really do that? Be practical. So when I was here dying on my bed, I started learning, <laughs> you know, and I've been doing it ever since I've been, you know, ever since I've been here, ever since I've been, and I realized I've been doing it for years, but I just like got distracted with things. And, you know, things will come into your life that will distract you from this too. I, and that's right there. Okay, there's an enemy right there with that. Because that's a work. It's a work that's working against you. It's trying to destroy you. It's trying to kill you. It's trying to kill, steal, and destroy you. It's trying to steal your time with God. Um, and you have to block that out. Sometimes you have to tell people, get away, shut the phone off, lock the door, tell people to stay away for a little while so you can talk to God. I had to do that to carve out time to spend with him. But guess what happened? I got all the time in the world now with him, all the time. And, and I get to do wonderful things, man. I get to go on these little mini missions, 
feel like an agent sometimes. You know, I'll do you know, going out there and doing stuff like I go for covert operations. I go find people that are that he tells me puts on my heart or talks to me about or shows me something or has me write down a description of them and where they're at and where to go find them and what time to get there and all that stuff and go down there and find that person and pray for them and they get blessed. And that's you know, I'm an agent of blessing, you know, and I, I like that. It says that in Hebrews, it says that, you know, we were saved by a blessing to be a blessing. So why not be a blessing? And one of the best ways you can be a blessing, check this out. Okay, I had to switch hands here because my hands started falling asleep. But 16 minutes my hand went before it started falling asleep. Okay, so that was my left and now my right hand. My right hand, you're sitting holding it with my right hand, holding the phone. My new phone, I like this phone. It's a good phone. My other one went boo-boo. Stopped working. So I got this new one. It's uh, Samsung. I love this phone. It's a really cool phone. Yes, this is a Samsung phone. And this is a plug for Samsung. It's a good phone. It's a A10e. A10e, Samsung uh, Samsung Galaxy. Great freaking little phone, man. Uh, cost me $39. was on sale. Half off. Uh, so it was like $60-something, $70. $70 phone. $72, I think, total. With, I paid like 42 total. So anyway. So on with our story. So... You know, you're going through stuff, man, and, you, and you're not, you know, you're not, um, you're not, you're not picking it up from your environment, and you're really struggling, you really feel like a lost, like crazy lost. Some people are even get suicidal at this point, too, and they get really depressed. I know it, it depressed me for a long time. I was, like, lost for a long time. I mean, literally felt like I was lost every day. There I am. I'm in a great family. You know, my family's all right and everything now. And they were crazy early on, but they're cool now and stuff. And my friends are cool. And, you know, and there's some really cool things happening in the world. And there's some bad things happening, too. But, you know, the cool things just outweigh the bad things by a million, million to one to be. Um, because, um, not because it doesn't touch me, because it has, man. You know, I've lost a lot of friends, man. A lot of friends have died in my life. A lot of uh, family, close family, close friends have passed away in my lifetime. And, and uh, um, you know, and over the years, I've even seen, um, you know, I've, I've been near, very, very near violence where, you know, I had a friend of mine that was shot right in front of me, man, shot right in his face, and uh, blew his face off, man, just freaking right there, right, right in front of me, and uh, back in the 80s, and then some other, other stuff, situations I'd been in where, you know, where it was life or death, and I've been in near-death situations, a lot of near-death situations, and um, I never had any outer body experiences until I started meditating. And started relaxing. When I started meditating, relaxing, it was just so I could get my heart rate to come down and get my blood pressure to come down and start to lose some body fat because it said meditation would help with that. Whatever thing I read about meditation said it would help with that. So I was like, okay, cool, you know. So I'll try it because I hadn't tried it before. And I act. I, what happened was I. What got me inspired to look at meditation was I accidentally meditated one day and knew it and went, oh my god, I felt actually accident. How do you accidentally meditate? Well, like I didn't fall asleep in my chair. I was watching TV, I was in my lazy boy, I was relaxing. I had just gotten out of the hot tub at the gym, and I'm sitting here in my chair, and I'm really relaxing, I was killing, chilling out, and I was listening to some meditation music that had a theta wave, that has a theta wave in it, I went and got it, and I put a theta wave in some meditation music. I did it with a whole bunch of stuff, and I found this one stuff that works really well. Um, it sounds like water, and then, um, you know, so I got a synthesizer, it sounds really cool. Anyway, um, I put it in there. The theta, dropped a theta wave in there, and I dropped out. I had my headphones on. I dropped out and found myself standing outside my body, looking at my body going, whoa. And then I laid back down. And then I sat up, and I went, holy crap, I just meditated. You know, I was, I was so excited, but I had so much energy, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, my God, where did all this energy come from? And so I, and I was like, dude, man, I was depressed, too, before all this. And I was depressed really bad, I mean. 
still, I was still fighting. Even though I was delivered from it, I still kept fighting it. I, was, I haven't fought it for years now. It's not since that, man. And I haven't had to. It hasn't crept up or anything because it doesn't, it's not an effect. It's in a whole different place now. It changed my whole, changed everything, man. Changed everything. Changed the way I see uh, everything. Even changed my freaking, hey, man, it changed my political views, too. It changed it a lot. I used to be, uh, you know, a freaking staunchy, freaking uh, uh, Republican, but now it changed it, man. Middle of the road, I'm staying in the middle of the road, and I still don't really even like to choose sides. So I just, I just believe that, um, that uh, God put government here, you know, uh, gave us the, 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 the uh, you know, we're here doing this democracy thing, this little experiment we're doing, and God gave us this uh, wisdom, you know, to do this stuff, and that we need to work together and not work against each other. And all I've been seeing is the two sides working against each other. So both sides are bad at it, and, um, you know, I'm talking about Democrats and Republicans. You know, I see Republicans called Democrats demons, and I see, you know, de and I see, you know, both sides do, you know, and I see that, and I see that the Democrats do the same thing, and I see them both do demonic things, you know. And so it's like, okay, you know, everybody's flawed. We're all humans, and we're all flawed. Why don't we just like let's work it together instead of work on our instead of poking our weaknesses and poking each other's weaknesses? Why don't we work together instead of poking each other's weaknesses? Why don't we just drop that whole whole freaking idea because that's not right because even God doesn't like that. That's all throughout the scriptures in the Old Testament. Yet you see a lot of people that claim to be godly people use those tactics to actually defame de de and de and you know and 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 de and you know and, yeah demystify defame. I don't know what you call it. I guess it's defaming because that's what they're doing. They're defaming somebody, slandering. That's what it is. It's slander, slander and defamation of character. That's what I was thinking of. Defamation of character. How many times have you seen this is in the public? You know, in the in the political sphere. How many times have you seen it in the freaking political sphere when it has to do with the church? How many times have you seen it in your own church? Amongst your own friends sometimes. And or doesn't this stuff happen on the playground too, like when we were kids? You know, why are we still acting like children when we should be acting like adults, man? We should be grown up. Christ is grown up. He wants us to grow, be grown up. He tells us to do grown up things. Everything, everything he teaches us is about being grown up. It's about being being grown up in God's eyes, being mature, in that respect, in His respect, in the respect that He He's the one that God respects. I mean, come on, think about this. God don't respect your work at all. It ain't by your merits you're getting into heaven. It's by your faith in Christ and Christ alone that gets us into heaven. Jesus spelled that out. You think He's lying? I don't, and I ain't going to trust anybody that says He isn't. There He is. He is. Yeah, it says He is. Somebody says, no, he's not lying, man. You know, uh, I, could, I could partner with them. Trust is always something you got to earn. You know, even though we give it out right away, because we always do that. I mean, we're, we got hearts, you know. We give people the benefit of the doubt. Just give them trust. It's, you know, okay. We extend it out. We do that with our friendship and our handshake. We do it at our word, you know. We do it with our, with our work even, you know in our partnerships and stuff like that. But sometimes people could burn that trust out. But Jesus, he's never going to burn that out of him. He's never going to be, he's always going to be someone you can trust. Always. And he is not a liar, man. He's not a liar. The devil's the liar, and he's going to try to trick you to make you think that Christ is the liar. He's going to try to steal the word from you when the Holy Spirit, when God puts it in your heart, he's going to come and try to steal it from you. Says Jesus even said that when he talked about the sowing of the seed. You know, he said what the seed is. It's the word of God. And he said, there's an enemy that comes and tries to steal it out of your freaking heart, man. As soon as it comes in, he tries to steal it. And some people, he gets that. 
and they fall away by the wayside. And there's other people, they grow up and they wither away because the sun gets them, there's no, there's no root. So he's talking about, man, get some root, dig down. You want to know how to do that? Talk to some Pentecostal people, they'll show you how to do that. Because I know a lot of Baptist people that know how to do that, but not as many as the Pentecostals. I know tons of Pentecostal people know how to do that. And I know, you know what they know? They'll tell you, they'll tell you exactly what I'm telling you right now. Press into God. Draw close to God. He'll draw close to you. Believe the scriptures where it says these things about God. These promises. Open the scriptures up yourself. Look in there. Believe those scriptures and, and act on them. Do those things, but aim it at God. Don't aim it at other people. Aim it at God himself. Have the conversation with God the Father. Have the conversation with Jesus the Son. Have the conversation in the Holy Spirit. Worship him in spirit and truth. Come on. What do you think that Jesus is talking about when he says that? This very thing I'm saying right now. It's so important. It's the most important thing. And everybody misses it. And then what happens when you get... Here's how you know. Here's how I know. Because I listen to people panic. Okay? And people panic. They don't, I'm sorry, but you guys, man, you guys are nuts, man, sometimes when you panic. And I used to be like that too when I was younger until I under, finally understood it. God is on my side. God is with me all the time. God is here and I'm with God. That's never going to change. I will never leave you or forsake you. I'm a friend that's exclusive to the brother. Who's that? That's the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send you. You're not going to be orphans anymore because I'm not going to leave you orphans because I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit who's going to be here. He's going to be here. He's the spirit of adoption. Oh my gosh, man. Jewish culture, adoption's like, you're the crown king now. And, and Jesus even talks about that in the book of Revelations. Calls us kings and priests, and yet we act like a bunch of heathen swine. You know, freaking jumping on all over each other, calling each other demons and stuff because our doctrines are slightly different or whatever. Freaking lay that down. Christ is one. God is one. Holy Spirit, one. This is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One. God is one. Be one, too. Be with God. Be one. Be without God. Be two. Guess what happens when you're two? Well, you're not with God. So if you're not with God, then you're two. And you're, you know. Guess what happens? Wilderness, get jumped. A lot of bad things happen. You got no more protection, none of that stuff. You know, stay with God. You can turn your back on God real easy. It's real easy to do that. It's real easy to do that in front of your friends when you're being tested by your faith. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and He's the only way to heaven. Uh, 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 well, I saw you raise your hand in church for that altar call. I mean, do you, you really believe that? Well, but well, maybe I. Well, I, 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 well, yeah, I don't know enough. I'm not really that smart. So, if I, I'm not really. I, I mean, maybe in 20 years, ask me. I don't know. I mean, maybe I don't know. You know, I don't know. No, man, can't be like that. Yes, yeah, so yes, I do. You might have to do that at gunpoint sometime. They may come right in your house, man, with guns while you're having a Bible study. And ask everybody in that room, you know what, pointing the gun at you. Do you believe in God? Are you ready to die for your faith? Do you believe Jesus is the Son of God and the way to heaven? Are you going to sit there and stutter or are you going to say, yeah, I do believe? That's happened to people. I've had a gun in my face before. I've had it, my, my, a couple of my friends have. I had it a few times, different times over different circumstances, but had that very question poised to us. We were like, well, of course we do. Of course. We're ready to die for that. Did you know that God loves you? Started talking to them about God's love. There's two of them. One had a gun, the other one had it in his pocket, but, or in his coat, we're not sure if it was a gun or not, but could have been a harmonica for all I know, but the other guy had a gun. He had a 45. It was right there, right in our face. 
tried to take our backpacks, told him we didn't have anything. We lived on the streets, and he looked at us and said, yeah, I guess you do, don't you? Because he could tell because of our ratty clothes. We started preaching the gospel to him. And you know what? He put his gun away and walked off. He said, yeah. Sorry, walked off. That was about it, man. I was like, wow. You know, and I was standing there thinking, man, I could just got shot right there. But um, talked to him about the love of God, man. He didn't say anything. He just got real quiet and turned around and walked off. He put his gun away and walked off. I said, sorry. When he turned around and walked off, we were like, okay. We went on our way, going to the Chinese restaurant to go eat from the food that they lift out in cartons for us out back. They always did that when they closed the place about 11 o'clock at night. You know, when they're closing the kitchen down and cleaning the place up at night from their day. And so we go there, buffet, and this is, you know, different treks, different times, different spaces, you know, a long time ago. And, um, you know, there were times back, even back then, I remember a guy talking to me. I asked him questions. He would talk to me, give me answers. But here's something that was happening that was very common. And a lot of people don't seem to understand this. That sometimes even 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 the really dark stuff that happens, you know, um, people don't understand that it's God talking to them. They think it's a devil or they're freaking being attacked by demons or whatever. And it's like, that's not it. Uh-uh. No, it's God talking to you, trying to get your attention, trying to show you something. Sometimes he'll talk to you in such ways, cryptic ways, that he'll be telling you that something has to die in order for something to live. And he might be telling you, you know, that you need to change your job because you're miserable at the job you're at. Or you need to change the place where you live because you're miserable there because the people are too toxic. Or you need to, you know, or you need to just, uh, maybe, um, your car is costing you too much money. So maybe you need to go lease a new one or buy a new one or something like that, you know, you know, and, and you need to lay that old one down in order for that to happen. Maybe you need to lay, maybe you have too many things and you need to give about half of your stuff away, you know, so that you can get better things. So that it went, you know, and, hey, guess what? What happens when you get better things? Well, when you go to give better, get better things again, when you go to up, do another upgrade, you got better things to give away. You know, each time you do upgrades, you're giving, giving away better things. And it's just, it's a cycle of getting better things going. You know, it's pretty cool, actually. That happens to me a lot with a lot of different, different areas of my life. Clothing, you know, whatever, you know, electronic stuff. Oh, yeah, oh, everything in my room. I'm sitting here looking around, and I hear hear the voice of the spirit say, "Everything in your room." And I go, "Yeah, everything I have, everything I own, man. You know, almost everything I have. I bought a few things, but not that many, man. I mean, most stuff I have it was given to me, man. You know, pretty cool. Oh, some way, one way or another, you know, the bulk of what I have was given to me, and it's kind of a trip, man. You know." God made a way for it to happen so easily, you know, and so, you know, but I would miss these, these times, though, in my life, and I kept knowing it, and I was missing, because I was, I was lost, and I kept asking for, and he would start talking to me, and he would talk to me in, a day, in my daily life, you know, through people and stuff, or whatever, but when I couldn't hear him through people, or couldn't see him through the signs that were going on out in the everyday life, he would talk to me through my dreams, and, and, I mean, I'm talking like, I have some seriously highly detailed dreams, I mean, I've even got, like, two couple of movies, um, that I could write, um, I don't know how to write them, but I could give them to somebody to write, um, a couple of movies, um, from dreams, I got actually three movies, and, um, one of them is going to be a book, eventually I'll have somebody, I'm going to, I'm going to hire a ghostwriter, have him write it for me, because I don't know how to write the book, I don't even know where to start at, but I know the story, and I can give the outline and everything, and I can, I can walk them through every step, and, and get it, and then maybe together, the two of us together, we can write a freaking cool story. But you know, there's I got a couple like that, and then I got some other ones. But I like 
really, I'm known to be laying there sleeping when I'm asleep, laying there laughing my brains out while I'm asleep. And the reason why is because some of my dreams have a lot of comedy in them too. And, um, and a lot of cartoon too. Like, uh, they'll be like half animated sometimes. And it depends on how much artwork I've been doing. Like, if I've been doing a lot of artwork on my computer, <laughs> shit, man, they're animated. Half animated and half not. And it's crazy. And they're always, they're really descriptive. And they're really, really, and, and he teaches me. Sometimes I'll just get up and I'll be like pressing. I go, well, that dream was a trip because I'll be remembering it when I wake up, right? And I'll get in the shower. By the time I get out of the shower, I'll have the answer to the dream. And it'll always kind of spill out right here in the natural world, right? And I've had the dreams like, I, I, like when I, okay, when I was escaping from, okay, so I was, um, have you ever been around a bunch of people and it became very cultish, you know, and, um, and you needed like, you, but you were around these kind of people for a long time and then you needed to think for yourself and you couldn't think for yourself and you're asking God how and you need help and you're kind of on your own. Um, that's kind of the way it is with church, man. It can be, can be very, very cultish in some some ways, and and detoxing from it is really hard. Um, I tell you, I went through a freaking hard time, man. When I got it all taken up, I got kicked out and ran off, and for for no reason you know, because the people wanted the property that I was living on. I was living on this property and I was doing ministry. It was at the church on the church property, and these people wanted to buy that property. The only way they could do that was to move me off there, so they kicked me out and ran me off, and um, they took the church away from the congregation, and then they lost the church, and then. Then somebody ended up, they ended up having to sell it and stuff, and it's not in church anymore. It's actually a school like I prophesied over it was going to be. To the people who were actually going to take it away, which I didn't know they were going to take it away at the time that I prophesied over it, because it was a couple of years before that. But um, just, you know, just different things like that. But um, anyway, so I went through a real hard time because it was all given to me, and I was doing really good. And it was, I really believed that God was in on it, and then all of a sudden it got taken and just swept away from me. And it crushed my soul. It crushed me pretty hard because, you know, when you're in church and you're with Pentecostal people, it's a covenant relationship with them. So you're like in this marriage almost and God hates divorce. And that's basically what happens. Excommunication is in the definition of evil. If you look it up in the Strong's Concordance, the definition of evil, evil, definition of evil in the Strong's Concordance and somewhere right in the middle of it, it says excommunication. Yeah, that's in the definition of evil. So and I understand that. And I've been divorced a couple of times. You know, I know what it's like. Um, been in a lot of relationships and they didn't work out. That's another type of divorce. Been in any kind of partnership, any kind of business and it didn't work out. That's a divorce. Uh, you know, have you ever had a fight with your, your parents and uh, they kicked you out of the house? That's a divorce. Um, you know, have you ever been at work and you've been doing really good and then you, all of a sudden you lost your job? You may have lost it because you weren't doing good or you may have lost it because somebody else freaking freaked you, you know, and did something really stupid and weird and got you fired. Like that's happened to me. Both those things happen. And also you may have done something that you deserve to get fired for. And that's happened to me too. And all those reasons, all those are divorces. Think about it. They're all broken contracts. They're all broken contracts. They're all broken covenants. We use the word contract. Christians use the word covenant. You talk to Pentecostals, they'll tell you exactly what, I don't know, or Baptists or anybody, anybody, they'll, they'll tell you straight up what a covenant is. God had a covenant with Israel. God has a covenant with us through Jesus. Did you know that? Did you know that that's what the New Testament's about? Is that covenant that God has with us through Jesus? It's about that. And it's about, a lot of it has to do with us, our side of it. You know, and there's instructions on what to do because of this covenant. You know, and, and how to live and how to be and how to, and how to act. And a lot of us lose that. I do. I lose sight of it sometimes, man. I gotta go back. That's why I study scriptures and, and read it because I gotta go back sometimes and, and reread it, you know, to remind myself. That's right. What does God actually really require? You know, does he require? Does he, does he actually require something of us? Yeah, he does, man. There's a way to actually live. 
to live in his favor, man. Check this out. It spells it out in Deuteronomy. It's all through scriptures, but it's, Jesus laid it flat out there in the Gospels. And it's very simple to understand. Get yourself a, a New Testament, a King James. Get a, get, a, get a New King James Bible. Not a King James, but a New King James Bible. It takes these and dials out. Still keeps the same words. And what it does is it actually, you can understand it better because it's, a, it's in a fifth grade. It's written in a fifth grade understanding. So, you know, and most of us have fifth grade education at least. You know, um, some people don't. Um, sorry if you don't. Um, but it's really not that hard for you to understand. Um, so, he would talk to me in dreams. And, I, and there was, I had quite a few dreams, man, that he talked to me in. And there was really special ones, different times of my, of my, of my um, recovery. Um, and um, pointing the way, because I had, I was like, I would be like, felt like I was lost in a forest, way out in the forest somewhere, and I lost the path, and I, and I also lost the direction I was going in, too. And so I was like, turned around or whatever, maybe walk around the mountain a hundred times or whatever, going, man, I just feel lost. And I knew it, too. And I could feel this, like, this cloud of this gray, almost a dark cloud hanging over me and, and running through me and, and kind of surrounding me, too, as well. And um, so I'm like, oh, man, I need help. I need, you know, I need some direction. And he'd give me direction in dreams. Well, I was watching the Expendables movies one night, and I was sitting there. And um, um, after that, I, I would have been praying. I went to sleep, but I'd been praying. So it was the very first movie, right? And that night I had a dream. And in the dream, <laughs> in the dream was, was the group from the Expendables. It was Terry Crews was in there. Um, and it was um, Mickey Rourke. I really like Mickey Rourke a lot. Um, I really appreciate him as an actor. I uh, appreciate him. It was he was trying to be a boxer, um, and he was a good boxer too. But he just tore his face up really bad, and and um, he didn't box anymore. And now he's back to movies again. But Mickey, uh, you know, Mickey was in there, and um, Mickey Rourke, and um, and uh, Sylvester Stallone, and Terry Crews, and I were all in this room. Okay, now the room was like a freaking. Um, like a family room, and we're sitting there, and there's fireplaces and stuff like that. And Sylvester Sloan comes in. Sylvester Sloan comes in, and this, this, and they all they were all the Expendables guys, though. They weren't they weren't Sylvester and those guys. They were the guys in the movie. And I'm sitting there on the couch right next to Mickey Rourke, and we're just sitting there talking, right? And we're just, I can't even remember what we're talking about music or something like that. And so Sly comes up, and he's all down. And he's, you know, in the part in the movie when he's all down, he comes in, and he talks to Mickey Rourke, you know, and Mickey Rourke sitting there painting a guitar. And he says to him, he goes, he goes, what happened to your wife? And he goes, your, your, your girlfriend. He goes, yeah, another one bites the dust, right? And then um, they start talking. They talk about Vietnam and all that stuff and kind of go through a little dramatic scene right there. Well, he, Sly, when he first comes in, he was all down. He goes, what's the matter, Barney? He goes, well, you know, can't sleep? And he goes, nah. And he goes, think about this girl. And he goes, yeah, yeah, it's always a girl, right? You know, and, and so they're talking about this, right? And so anyway, that's the scene that's going on right in front of me. It's kind of like that, except me and Mickey are sitting on the couch, and Terry's on this other couch right next to us, uh, adjacent from us, right next to me, on the right side, and Mickey's sitting, and I are sitting on the couch, on this couch, and uh, he's sitting on my left side, and we're watching something on TV, and two as well, and we're just kind of kicking back, we're talking, and we're talking about music and stuff, and all of a sudden, Sly comes in, he's all down, and he goes, he says, man, he said something about being all down, and stuff like that, and I says, I said, and I said to him, I go, that's all right, bro, man. I said, you got a big heart, dude. And I says, you'll, you'll, he's, I says, you'll, I says, this will actually, actually work out in your favor. I said, I wouldn't worry about it at all. And when I said that to him, he kind of curled his lip up and he went, big heart. And he goes, you said I'm a fluffer? And I go, no, no, not at all. No, dude. I says, you just got a big heart. I says, you, you know, when you got a big heart, 
I said, sometimes these kind of things happen. And I says, and I says, but that's okay because it'll work out. I says, it'll, you'll work out. I said, you'll have your answer by morning. And he kind of, well, he didn't like to hear that that much, but he got up, he walked off and he walked out of the room. And I said, I told him, I'm sorry, man. I said, I'm well, sorry if I offended you. I didn't mean to. Mickey elbows me in my side and goes, Mickey, Mickey Rucker elbows me in side. He goes, don't worry about it, man. He goes, uh, he goes, yeah, man. He goes, he goes, he got, he's got a big heart. He really does have a big heart. He goes, he goes, but don't worry about how he, he feels, man, about that. He goes, he goes, you just be you. He goes, let him be him and you just be you. He says, you don't have to apologize at all. And Terry Crews sitting next to me goes, yeah, yeah, man, you just be you, you just be you. You don't have to apologize at all. You don't have to apologize to anybody at all. Now, see, during the time, I was asking God questions about some things that were going on where I felt like I was always having to freaking explain myself and apologize to people and all this crap. And I was getting flat out freaking sick and tired of that crap because nobody else around me was doing that. But they were like requiring it of me. And I said, this is it. I'm done with these people. I'm done with this freaking mindset. I'm done with this kind of thinking. I'm done with this, this freaking toxic crazy zoo it was like a freaking zoo it was like a freaking labyrinth i couldn't get out of it and it was all a bunch of crazy freaking animals in there with me man and i was like ah you know and so anyway um yeah i made some changes because of that and uh, god spoke to me through that dream though that the that dream was to make those changes when i woke up by the time i got in the shower i knew my answer i knew what i had to do so i made some changes man and guess what oh my god i've got so much peace it's crazy you know and i feel better and I started healing better. and started getting healing quicker. You know, I started getting up. I, I was on a sick bed. It wasn't just, I just, all these times, man, it, I, God talked to me. It was like doing my sickness and stuff like that. It was healing me each step of the way. It was letting, setting me freer and freer and freer and freer. You know, it says in the scriptures that the Lord is our deliverance. Well, yeah, he is our deliverance. But you know what? He is the only deliverance. You can deliver yourself, man, and call yourself a self-made man and miss everything. By doing that, because you just stand in a place of pride. Or you can say, yeah, I relied on that inner strength. I relied on something that was on the inside of me. Yeah, I may not understand what it is. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it God because I know it's God. Not, I'm saying that myself. I'm saying that to you guys. For me right now, I know it's God. But you might not know that. You might not know that yet. You might, you might think that it's just all you. Be careful with that because there's a place of pride in there. There's a place of arrogance in there, and that arrogance is not, it's not in the happy zone. God don't like that stuff. He slaps things down like that. Whack, man. One of my friends said one time, be careful, because if you, you know, walk in arrogance like that, God will spit you out of his mouth, man. I was sitting there going, God will spit me out of his mouth. I thought, what's that feel like? I don't want that to happen, you know. I'm like, freak, man, okay. So I got real careful about everything, man. Lord, man, you tell me. So I tell him everything. Everything. I just, everything, I bounce everything I'm going to do, I bounce off him. Acknowledge him in all my ways to direct your path. And my direction comes from him. You know, and sometimes I don't even have to know. I just got to do my thing or whatever. I'm doing my thing. And he, he can, like, interrupt. He's free to interrupt. And you have to give him that space. You know, be in a place, a zone of flexibility. So, God, man, interrupt me in whatever I'm doing. If you need me to help somebody or if you need me to pray for somebody or if you need to just talk to me or if you just want to just hang out with me or whatever, interrupt me and let me know. Carry me away. Call me away. I've been, I've been in, right in the company of friends and said, hey, I gotta take a break for a few minutes. You guys, uh, can you give me just a little bit? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I, 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 you know, and some of them sometimes I'll just tell me, yeah, I just really feel like I need to be with God for right now for a little while. Is that cool with you guys? And they're like, yeah, everybody always understands. Even if they don't believe, they understand. I don't know why. They just do. Uh, well, actually, I do know why. Um, I didn't want to sound like a know it all, but I do, do know why. The reason why is because God put moves on their heart. He moves on hearts. If you make room for him, he'll make room for you. You draw close to him, he'll draw close to you. That's how it works. 
And it's the truth. It's the truth, man. It's real simple. It's like a Sunday school teacher. Uh, you know, Sunday school, freaking uh, uh, scripture, you know, you learn Sunday school. You know, draw close to God, he'll draw close to you. Something you would learn in Sunday school. It's very primary, primary stuff, you know. And But it's stuff that a lot of times people fail on because they don't seem to want to do that first. They want to put God second or third or fourth. So they'll ask God after they've asked everybody else. You know, you got a problem with a friend, right? And then so you start calling all your other friends. You start talking to them about the problem you have with your friend. And you start getting, trying to get um, some reference points for how this should look. And so that you can maybe go back and try and change that friend or, or change the situation or even just help you just process the situation even without changing your friend or changing the situation, right? Either way, whatever way you're looking at it, check this out. Where was God in the picture? Was he first? No, man, you hadn't even thought about him yet, right? And that's how most of us operate all the time. We operate that way. It's not healthy to operate that way, especially when he <laughs> knows everything, man. Knows everything, is everywhere, all at once, all at the same time, and is all-powerful over everything. Power, man. I mean, this guy, <laughs> this guy, Jesus, man, he walked in some serious power and told us we would have even, do even greater works than he. He would, we would do even greater. I can see that because some of us live longer, sure, so in the amount, but it's not just in the amount. I looked that up, that we're greater. It also means quality, too. It means quality and quantity, both. So you can't say it only means one or the other because I know for, I know for a fact it means both. I know it. I know it does. As I looked it up, man, I studied this stuff, man, and I was like really studying because I wanted to know, do you really mean this? You know, I dissected his words like to the max. Do you really mean this? I would say every day. I said, come on, man. I said, prove it to me. And he would, man. We'd get up and go do stuff. He'd give me things to do. I'd be studying my Bible in the morning, right? And I'd be like up early, early studying and drinking tea or coffee or whatever and just hanging out with Jesus, studying and talking to him about scriptures. And man, do you really mean this? Is this what this really means? Is this what this really means? Wow, man, Lord, this is really fantastic. And then I get done and go, so what do you want to do when I get done? And then bam, we go do it. You know, or like if I was sick in my bed, I couldn't do very much. I had to lay here until I got healed. Do I get up and go moving around and do stuff? We go do stuff. And you know what, man? Wherever I, he go, he say this, he goes, just do your day. Like, okay, so I do my day. So I get up and go to the gym for a little while to get in the hot tub to relax my knees so I could walk, right? Well, yeah, no and behold, there'll be somebody there to pray for or somebody there to counsel or somebody there to meet, to make new friends with or somebody there to, to you know, do whatever. It just happened all the time and it's still happening. So it goes on every every day of my, my days. I go to the store. I run into people that I prayed for all the time at the store because some of them work there. And so I check up on their how you doing where we prayed for whatever's going on. And they're still healed and they're they're doing good or they or they or they have something else going on that I would pray for. Or the or we'll stand right there at the doorway at Albertsons and and pray for customers sometimes because I'll be talking to somebody about it and then all of a sudden I'm talking to a customer about it and then I'm talking to two or three and then we're standing there in the doorway praying and then you know and it just this stuff goes on constantly. I go to the freaking restaurant. I see people and I and I run into people or if they're ailing, I'll ask them, man, if they're working there and they're hurting or if we're walking around limping or something, I'll ask them what they do their foot. The next thing I know, I'm praying for them. Lay hands on them. Sometimes people in the restaurant get up and pray, lay hands on them with me and pray for them. I live in a community like this. Yeah, I do actually I live in Boise, it's a pretty cool place like that because there's a lot a lot of believers here and a lot of the believers here. We're saturated in this, man. We'll just get right up and pray for you. I'll pray for your cats, your dogs, your freaking horses, your cows, your pigs, your turkeys, your freaking chickens, your little chickies, your frogs if you have them. I'll pray for your kids' pets. I'll pray for anything that you would ask me to pray for that 
needs prayer for your truck, for your freaking house, for your freaking appliances, for anything. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what it is. God can fix anything, period. And this I know for a fact. That's why I pray for everything. That's why it's not a prayer. There's nothing off limits when it comes to prayer. And people will do that to each other and say that there are things that are. They get all religious on one another and they box each other in. And I'm like going, you can't, you can't, you can't, you're just like, okay, 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 impossible. Now that's a word God, it's not in God's vocabulary. Did you know that? That word is not in God's vocabulary. The word impossible is not in God's vocabulary. I will guarantee you that it is not in his heart at all, not even in his mind. The word impossible does not exist in God's realm. It does not exist where God is and shall not exist in God's people. The word impossible is not part of God's plan. Not at all. Not he who calls things into existence that exist. It calls them as though they exist before they exist. Not he who calls things that don't exist into existence before they exist. Not he who, I'm telling you straight up, he's the one that does these things. He did. He did. Straight up. Everything that you see is made. Everything that you see that is made was made from something unseen and by someone who's unseen. Everything. Universe and all. It's all by design. It all has little engines in it. Was, uh, we're talking about mechanical, uh, the quantum mechanic world. Here, when I talk about the little engines or the little machines and everything, it's in everything, every atom, every single cell. Did you know that you're made up of memories and your memories aren't what's in your mind? It's not even what's in your Well, it is what's in your body too, but it's your cells. All your cells, but it's not just your memories. It's your ancestral memories. You have, listen, you have your skin pigment from some one of your ancestors. You got your hair color from one of your ancestors. You got your eye colors from one of your ancestors. You may even have your name from some of your ancestors. It even goes even that far. It goes further than that even. It goes into your vibration. Yeah. You're made up of everything uh, in your line. And, and your ancestors may not even consist of some of your family either. They may be people that are you don't even know, that you've never met, which there are a lot. As you trace your 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 heritage, but your personal, your personal, you who you are, your personal, the personal you, you trace it all back. Everybody's got different DNA code. Everything, you know, it all just, it's all, it all goes back to somebody somewhere, man. And you're made up of all those people, and all those thoughts, and all those memories assimilated in this body at one time that was that we call a miracle because you know it's a miracle that we're even here one one freaking cell boom here we are you know one freaking cell they could take your skin cell one of your cells and take it take your dna and freaking create another you out of it call it cloning but they can do that one cell man and we're still going on i'm still perpetuating Whatever kids I have, it just passes on. Their kids passes on. You know, my grandkids and on and on and on. Same with you. This is all design, baby. Think about that. Now remember this thing. God talks to you in your dreams. He can teach you from your dreams. If you ask him, ask him for a definition of things too. Like your dream language. You'll have a dream language. I understood my dream language, but I'm gifted that way. 
And I can help other people find their own dream language because I'm, I'm gifted that way. But, but you can get your own dream language. You can get that information from God yourself. You don't need someone to help you get that. You don't need someone that's gifted that way to help you get that. <laughs> trying to make light and some fun of some things that are pretty heavy. And check this out, man. God's not angry with you at all. Not one bit, no. So don't think he is. Oh, why would you ever talk to me, man? I'm just some, I'm just a stupid man. Well, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just some girl. I don't, I don't know, I'm really special. Why would God talk to me? You know what? God wants to hear your voice. Show me your face, Lord. Show me your face. I could make it another day if I could just see your face. Show me your face, Lord. Show me your face. I know I can make it another day. If I could just see your face, Lord. <laughs> Start off low. But check it out, man. God says this in the Old Testament. Seek my face. Seek my face. Why would he want us to seek his face? He tells us to seek his face. He doesn't tell us to seek his hand. He tells us to seek his face because he wants friendship, that intimate friendship with us. That's what he desires with you. That's what he desires with each one of us. That's why Jesus came into this world, so we could have this. This and more. Real basic, real simple. God loves you so much, man. He loves us all so much. He wants to have a relationship with us, with his children, your children, man. He wants to hear your voice. Sing out to him. Turn your heart to him. Yield to him. Listen for his voice. Ask him questions. Listen for his answers. Walk hand in hand with him. Seek his face. And you know what you'll be rewarded with? Everything. Especially him. And uh, he comes with a lot of, uh, a lot of really good perks. <laughs> Believe me. Um, our dad rocks, man. Our dad is the rock. Is the rock. Show me your face, Lord. Show me your face. Y'all have a great night. Peace out, baby. And, 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 <laughs> Yahoo! Rev DDT, Universal Broadcast, broadcasting live across the universe. This is Rev DDT. <laughs> right on, baby. So we're doing the broadcast. I just wanted to bless you all. Thank you all. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the support. Thank you for uh, tuning in. And thank you for uh, bringing your friends to tune in. And uh, remember, Jesus saves. You guys all have a great day. Bye-bye.